Happy Wednesday. And welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show. I'm Anthony Tochu. We've got DJ Jacob Franklin making all the magic happen behind the Mac today. Guys, if you're new here, do us a solid. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button and leave a five-star review. Let us know what you like about this podcast. We got a whole lot to get into today. But first and foremost, man, I want to start off with my boy Jake from DNVR joining us today just to discuss everything that's going on with CU, Arizona State, KD, Coach Prime, the whole thing. Jake, man, we appreciate you taking some time to uh, stand on business with it. Always, man. Always ready to stand on business. Look, I know there's a there's a bunch of Buffs fans that are in my mentions, and they just love me dearly. I I, I know they they really do. They agree with all my takes and all that type of stuff, man. But I was just curious before we get into uh, anything as it relates between Arizona State and Coach Prime. Just what did you make of the off season for Coach Prime and the Buffs? I thought he uh, checked every box that he set out to check. He actually went and rebuilt an offensive line in the portal. Uh, they went and went, got too deep at edge rusher, um, and they just added more weapons around Shador. I think it really couldn't have gone better. You got the best tackle in the country. Um, you know, some stuff with the coaching staff that took a little while than most fans wanted to, but we got some pro coaches in the building now. So uh, I think it's all mission accomplished. All right, man. Just just in terms of, I, I had this conversation with Mike Luke on the Wildcats show the other day, just in terms of the, the CU fan base and everything going on, obviously with mm-hmm. Coach Prime, not just over the offseason, but last year as well. Like, do you believe that Coach Prime is setting Colorado and Colorado fans up for long-term success, or are they setting them up for a little bit of a heartbreak, man? Because from a Big 12 perspective, from an ASU perspective, on the outside looking in, it looks like it's a project that is a little bit of a ways away, and then by the time it does get figured out, Shador's are going to be gone, and then everybody's asking, is Dion hitting, hitting the road as well? Well, so, you know, last year they had to completely rebuild the team. Uh, they went and did that. And they got some, you know, some core pieces to build around. And Travis, uh, Shador, of course, uh, Dylan Edwards, tons of guys. And then this year it was just about supplementing those those cornerstones that you already have. I think they did that pretty well. I think the focus from now on, though, is going to be how do you actually recruit high school athletes and build up these uh, high school classes and that's what we've seen. They brought in uh, one of FAM or FAMU's uh, like director of recruiting, uh, who Coach Prime is tight with down in that area of Florida. And they've been sending out a ton of offers from the 2025 class and beyond. So, yeah, it's a question of you know what's going to happen after Shador and Travis and Shiloh leave for sure. But they are showing a focus on the future from now on. Um, getting that big quarterback after Shador is obviously going to be the the big thing that you need to get that stamp of approval that he's planning on coming back. But uh, all signs point to them trying to get that accomplished. Yeah, I, I think what blows my mind, and I, I want to get your your two cents on this. I know Colorado was a dumpster fire before Coach Prime got there. I totally understand that. Arizona State, you know, not nearly as bad, but in a very, very bad situation, I would say, with Herm, the program, the bull band, all that type of stuff. Like, what makes you think that Coach Prime is got – in building, I guess, Buff Nation to have more long-term success in ASU. Because just looking at the last last season, right? Shador Sanders, Travis Hunter, arguably two of the best players in college football, and they were still the worst team in the Pac-12, right? So I think that, that for me, is what kind of sends me a little bit, is 
from Buffs fans. And like I said, I, I love your two cents on it because for me, it feels like there is still an entire mountain to climb. But from everything that I'm seeing, Colorado fans think that they're they're going to be contending for a Big 12 championship next year. I, that's the expectation, man. Uh, the staff and Coach Prime have laid out that expectation basically since the end of last season that they want to go and compete for a title this next season. They rebuilt the trenches, man. I can't state how huge that is. I mean, Shador last year had 31 total touchdowns, three interceptions, and that's with one of the worst offensive lines in the country. They couldn't run the ball worth a damn. Uh, they return a running back in Alton McCaskill, who was projected to kind of be the guy last year, but had to, had to end up uh, taking a red shirt for the season. He was still coming off an ACL uh, reconstruction, so they're going to have him back. They got this rebuilt offensive line. I think that's where the hope really lies. You saw what Shador was able to do against a very bad offensive line. If this guy just gets half a second more protection um, on a few snaps here and there, I mean, those numbers balloon like crazy, and who knows? I mean, CU lost... I think it was five games by like 10 points or less. So they're in a lot of these games and it's just a matter of finishing them. And I think that's, that's really what this year is going to be about is finishing games. It's also being about protecting Shador and getting after the passer. I mean, they really address those needs. We just need to see how it all performs out on the field. Absolutely. So what makes you think that Colorado is set up for, for more success than Arizona state and Kenny Dillingham, because okay. the, the conversation in Tempe is KD's going to be here for a while, right? His dream job, whatever. He can really, really cement himself as a recruiter in the Big 12, obviously locally. He's had success as an offensive coordinator every single place that he's gone. Like, it, it feels like it's more of a matter of time in Tempe versus Colorado. Like I said, like, there is that question is, how long will Dion be here? Will he see through all of the promised success? So, I mean, look, no disrespect to Dillingham, um, what he's trying to do, but Coach Prime's like already there. He's already one of the best recruiters in the country just because of who he is. Uh, the guys coming in to visit, uh, the guys who are showing interest in the program are just a notch above what CU's been getting uh, in previous regimes. And, you know, again, Dillingham, I, I was a huge fan of Dillingham. I remember talking to you yeah. when we were both without a head coach and we were both uh, kind of glowing about Coach Dillingham and what he can do. So, it's it's early for him and it's it's two different strategies right it's rebuilding a program uh for both of them but dillingham definitely has a longer leash and coach prime has you know he hasn't minced words about it he said he wanted to win now obviously four and eight last year didn't turn out how they wanted but that's the plan moving forward is you know get that quarterback in keep in keep bringing in these uh very talented highly touted high school recruits that's the the vision for long-term success here at colorado uh, you know, already bringing in Shador and Travis and players like that was kind of just the building blocks to get it all started. The interest is there with these recruits. It's just a matter of them to get uh, to get that commitment and sign on the dotted line. Yeah. No, but look, when it comes to recruiting, I, I think you see a lot, at least from the outside looking in, there is a lot of like hype around Deion Sanders and CU, but you, you bring up Deion's ability to recruit. Obviously, from the transfer portal, you've seen the success. He's got the, the number one transfer class in the Big 12. But when it comes to those high school recruits, man, it, it, it feels like it's a totally flipped script. The worst recruiting class in the Big 12 when it comes to the 2024 class alone, just seven commits. You obviously bring up uh, the highly touted offensive lineman, but it, it like it doesn't feel like these guys are coming to see you with just seven recruits. They're the only ones in the conference that don't have double digits in terms of commits in that 2024 class. Like, was that by design or was it just like a, a failure of recruiting for the 2024 class? 
No, it was 100% by design. They wanted to go get portal players who could play now. Um, you know, I understand the concern, but when you look at the recruiting class, uh, their average recruit ranking is fourth overall in the country. I think it's Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State who only have a higher average recruit rating than Colorado. So these recruits that are coming in as true freshmen are going to be expected to contribute right away, and that's why they attacked the portal so hard. They wanted, you know, you can get a 21, 22, 23-year-old offensive lineman out of the portal who's already got three, four years of college experience, who started 20-some games, and just insert him into your offensive line rather than bringing in a ton of young guys who you have to develop not only their mind um, and just develop them into college you know, students, but develop their bodies. Um, so there's a lot that they tried to glance over this offseason and just go and get older guys in the transfer portal. I think that's... That's where a lot of the confusion is. You got to look at the whole recruiting class, including the transfers. I mean, you can go on 247 and see overall recruiting rankings and where everyone ranks up. That includes the transfers and all that. And CU's hanging around in the 20s. Um, last I saw, at least. I don't know where they are right now. Yeah. Last couple questions. We'll get you out of here. I know you got a, a lot going on over at DNVR, but you guys, you, you put out a tier list. The other day, and you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of tier lists, man. I absolutely yeah, love to do them. tier list Tuesdays. Uh, you had Coach Prime in the A tier, right? I believe just literally a spot away from being an S tier coach in the Big 12, and then KD in that C tier. Uh, I'm just curious as to why each coach deserved those rankings in your mind, because again, Kenny Dillingham, I can understand the C ranking, three and nine season, bull band, all that type of stuff. But Dion, I feel like, again, well, a 4-8 and eight season, blew a, a horrible game against Stanford. Again, the worst just high school recruiting class in 2024. Again, just in the Big 12, just when it comes to high school recruits. So what makes you think he's an A coach, man? When we went through it, we just asked ourselves, is there a coach in the Big 12 that we would rather have than Coach Prime right now? The answer was no. Um, we didn't put him in that S tier because he's 4-8. and eight. Yeah. We, we know that there's work to do. I mean, we couldn't just throw him up there and go, you know, we're the buffs guys. We just got to do it. Like there's a lot that coach prime is doing right now that you can rally behind. Of course the wins have to come. Um, but I would put him up against every other coach in the big 12 in terms of recruiting on the other side with coach Dillingham. I mean, we saw the three and nine. A lot of that is, you know, you guys have brought in a lot of transfers. You guys have brought in a lot of recruits. You're still in that building process. We're still not really sure what Dillingham is. And, you know, again, we, we loved coach Dillingham uh, a year and a half ago when we were talking about this and we think he's a bright offensive mind who could do a lot of things. I mean, they hung in there with the buffs. Uh, they were close against Washington last year. Like this is a team that, you know, we're not taking lightly, but I just think that there, we thought there was more groundwork to do on that side of things. Whereas Colorado, the pieces are there. It's just a matter of performing on the field. Absolutely, man. Kind of a bummer. ASU and uh, CU don't get a play this yeah, year. Obviously, the first season in the Big 12, but should definitely be exciting, man. Jake from DNVR, we appreciate you taking the time today and absolutely, absolutely love the fit today, man. <laughs> appreciate you, Totri. We'll talk soon, brother. Absolutely. Have a good one, man. Look, when it when it comes to Colorado in Arizona State, look, I love having that conversation with Jake. We've had it a, a couple different times on this show. Jake's been, you know, covering DNVR or covering uh, Colorado for, for some time now since prior to uh, the, the Dion hire. So when it comes to the buffs, you know, I, I trust RK, I, I trust Jake. But again, when it comes to the recruiting I just, there's a disconnect for me because when I think recruiting, yes, you got to talk about the transfers. Yes, you got to talk 
about the incoming class of 2024. And, and that's where they're not doing it. Seven commits in the class of 2024 at the high school level is not going to get it done. I know Coach Prime, to, to Jake's point by design, wants to get guys that can compete immediately but what happens in a couple of years when Dion's gone because that's gonna happen it's not a matter of if it's when okay so when that happens Shador's gone Shiloh's gone Travis Hunter's gone and you recruited all these kids through the portal with no loyalty to see you just loyal to coach prime what happens then because your recruiting classes of seven eight commits are going to eventually add up and what is the sum of all of all of it nothing Seven recruits is not going to get it done. Like I said, the only team in the Big 12 with less than 10 commits in the class of 2024. I don't care if they got the best offensive lineman recruit in the nation. I really don't. Because one of seven is just, it blows my mind. And I get they had the number one transfer class. That's great. Dion can definitely get kids in the door. And one of them being former Arizona State Sun Devil B.J. Green, who everybody in Tempe knows what B.J. Green is as a defender, right? He is going to certainly make an impact for that Buffs defense. But I am not sold on the long-term success, right? And that's the question. Who's going to have more long-term success, right? Arizona State or Colorado? Coach Prime or KD? I think Kenny Dillingham sets Arizona State up for more long-term success than Coach Prime. And simply because he can recruit in the transfer portal and he can recruit when it comes to high school kids, something that I don't think Coach Prime has proven that he really genuinely cares a lot about. That doesn't mean that Dion and the Buffs aren't going to have success in year one of the Big 12. They could. Like I said, I genuinely believe Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders are two of the best players in all of college football moving forward to this season. But when they're gone and the snow's still falling in Boulder, what happens then? What happens then? Peyton's place in the chat. He's not leaving the next three years. They'll be okay. They're working on the now movement. Yeah, but I feel like every good coach is always thinking about what's next. Again, not to say that Coach Prime isn't, but for me, it would be a concern if the program that I was following was only nabbing seven commits in the class of 2024. It would just concern me. Jacob, how do you feel about that? Are, are you like kind of the, the same way or, or where are you at? I feel like this is tough. Because you and I had this guy. What did I text you yesterday? I sent you that tier list. I think you had already seen it before I sent it to you. But I sent you that tier list and I said... How are we going to rank Prime again? ahead of Kenny when Kenny spent four of his 12 games with, with Cam no Scadabo or, or, or Jalen Conyers, a quarterback? Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. How are we, how are we going to rank him ahead? You when can't. When he had a worse record in the Pac-12 with can't. significantly more. You can't. And the only reason they beat Arizona State was uh, blown coverage in the last minute of the game. They let Arizona State march down the field. And then ensuing possession for Colorado, blown coverage by Roe Torrance, I believe, and, and CU ended up scoring. Like, to your point, I don't know how you rank the worst pack. Like, Colorado was the worst team in the Pac-12 last year, if you're going by conference record, which standings go by, right? The worst team. They blew, what, a 30-plus point lead to Stanford, okay? 
Dion Coach Prime Sanders was out there talking about how his offensive line was horrid just about the entire season. Outside of a TCU win to start the season, and TCU ended up being pretty bad, who did they beat? Nobody. And they had Shador. They had Travis Hunter. They had two of the best players in all of college football last season, and they did what with it? Jack, shit, nothing. KD, Kenny Dillingham, like you said, Jacob, had was there was a quarterback carousel all season. You had the running back and tight end playing quarterback at points during the year, and they were just a win away from matching Colorado. That's a coach that can get the most out of his players. Coach Prime, I don't know if he could do that. Because you got two of the best, and what'd you have to show for it? Absolutely nothing. So, that's, again, that's when it comes to to Colorado, I am a hater. I am somebody who is, uh, I'm very skeptical about the whole situation. Um, and maybe part of that has to do with the fact that I saw Herm Edwards at Arizona State, right? And not to say that Dion and Herm are exactly the same coach, the same recruiter, they're not. Uh, but just the idea behind getting somebody who was a former NFL player, former media personality, and pushing them into really the limelight of a specific program uh, just seems to be you know, something that doesn't necessarily work for me. But hey, it is what it is at this point. Obviously, Colorado fans are happy with who they got as a head coach, and I know Arizona State and Arizona State fans are certainly happy uh, that they have Kenny Dillingham at the helm as well. Look, we're going to continue talking ASU football and ASU basketball here in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at BetMGM. BetMGM Sportsbook, guys, a great place to make some money. Whether you're betting on ASU or you're betting on Coach Prime and the Buffs, download that BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $5 into your newly created account and place a wager in the amount of at least $5 at standard odds price. And once you've placed a bet, you guys are going to receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. ASU basketball back on the hardwood against Oregon State later on today. The Sun Devils six-and-a-half-point favorites. Oregon State yet to win a game on the road this season. So certainly something to keep an eye on. Just again, sign up for BetMGM and use that bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app for at least $5, and you'll receive $150 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. And Allison and Damon talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467 New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-800-991-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Now look, I am so, so, so excited because I got to go on a little bit of a vacation after today's show. Heading to Vegas, getting to see all those casinos. Uh, I know we had a bunch of people from PHNX over there. Last week, people from DNVR, really all city just kind of taken over. But look, if you're not leaving the state, right, if you don't have the luxury of going to Las Vegas, it's okay. There are plenty of great casinos here in the Valley, all thanks to Gila River Resorts and Casinos, guys. That is the place for the best staycation 
in the Valley. Nobody does it better. They offer an authentic and immersive experience with an unprecedented level of entertainment and excitement that you're not going to find anywhere else in the desert. They've set a high bar. Their state-of-the-art gaming floor has it all with over 800 slot machines, 15 blackjack tables, and live table games, not to mention Arizona's largest casino sports book. Just head to Gila River Resorts and Casinos and let them show you what next level is all about. You do you at Gila River Resorts Casinos. Visit playadhila.com for more details. Let's see. We got Flight 84 in the chat. LMAO, stop lying to yourself. You can get 40 high school, but they still can end up leaving via the portal. This ain't the early 2000s. You're right. It's not the early 2000s. But guess what? Those players that you get, right? The ones that you're getting in the portal now in years two, three, and four, wouldn't you rather have them start at your program? Wouldn't you rather have them commit to Colorado or Arizona State at the high school level to show that they want to be a part of that program, right? Wouldn't you want that as opposed to just simply building through the the transfer portal like everybody else? There's a mix to it. It's a balance, right? What's the point of continuing forward and trying to build a program if all you're going to do is getting other programs players. This isn't pro sports. No, it's not pro sports. And it feels like, again, you're, you're opting to go get used cars as opposed to new cars every single season. A predominant pool of players for colleges come from? <sighs> High school, guys. High school. Guess what? That's, that's where they start. And then they eventually move on to that program, right? Again, you would much rather have those blue chip guys start and commit to your program and be there over time. That's about the culture of the program, okay? Dion brings a culture with him. I'm not saying that he doesn't have a culture at CU. I'm saying when you're talking about long-term success, when Dion's gone, so is the culture. So are there those transfer portal players. And guess what? If Dion doesn't win a Big 12 championship while he is at Colorado, then that entire thing was a failure. That entire thing was a failure because that's what's been sold, right? That's what's been sold to the fans. That's what's been sold to national media is that, hey, Dion's got something here. Okay, what's he got? Well, four and eight's not going to do it. What's he got? That's where you're at if you're a Colorado fan. Again, for everybody that, that's an Arizona State fan, it's a little bit different, right? You understand that this is a process, and I feel like that's why people call Colorado fans a little bit delusional is because CU isn't going to be a seven or eight win team this year. They're not going to do it. I'm telling you that right now. Arizona State, they're not going to be a seven or eight win team this year. Okay? But there's there's a level of understanding in Tempe that it's going to take time. It's a process. When it comes to the buffs, everybody, and I mean everybody in Boulder, believes that this team is going to be competing for a Big 12 championship and being an AP Top 25 team. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Colorado, and I've said it before, is going to be lucky to reach bowl eligibility. They will be lucky to reach bowl eligibility. And if you don't make a bowl game and you have Shador and Travis, arguably two players that are going 1-2 in the next NFL draft, then what do you got for a coach, man? What do you got? You want shades and a cowboy hat? That's what you got, then. That's what it is, man. That's what it is when it comes to Colorado and Arizona State. And those are my frustrations. Those are my frustrations and my opinions when it comes to that entire situation. Okay, and I know there's going to be a lot of CU fans that disagree with me. 
And there may be ASU fans that disagree with me. That's what the YouTube chat's for. Let me know. Okay? Let me know. Uh, that boy Mike, just don't understand if you're a hater when it comes to Prime, why you talk about him. Never understood. Well, look, when I talk about Coach Prime, there seems to be a lot of people that come and tell me that I'm wrong about it. So I, I love to have those conversations with people. Um, again, specifically CU fans, because y'all are a passionate group. I'll give you that. CU fans are a passionate group. Dion fans are a passionate group as well. So it is what it is. Don will kind of summon everything up for me. CU will be on the outside looking in yet again. Totally agree. I definitely agree with that. But look, I do want to kind of zoom back into to Arizona State because NFL Combine invites have gone out. And Jacob, can you guess how many Arizona State Sun Devils received a Combine invite? Jacob's saying zero. We got one. Hey. We got one, baby. We got one. Road Torrance, uh, Arizona State cornerback, funny enough, was just bringing up the uh, Colorado game where uh, there was some blown coverage by Road Torrance. And, of course, CU scored on the play. Um, and Or at least got downfield, set up a game-winning field goal. So, definitely a, a tough look at that point in the season for Roe Torrance, but Roe Torrance certainly going to try and elevate himself, showcase his ability at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis um, and potentially getting drafted. I, I do think Roe Torrance has the ability to be an NFL corner. I think he is a day three pick for sure. You're probably looking at a, I would say a sixth round pick, sixth or seventh round pick for Roe Torrance. I think that is great value for a, for a DB that is as big as Roe Torrance is. Uh, but what really irritates me, and it was kind of the same thing when I was talking about the Senior Bowl, is right now Arizona State only has one player headed to the NFL Combine. Ridiculous. Ridiculous for a Division One program in Tempe, in the Pac-12, moving to the Big 12 to only have one player. There are so many former players. There you go. Glenn, Glenn getting there before it, right? You got Ricky Pearsall, Johnny Wilson... Ladarius Henderson and Jaden Daniels, all former Arizona State Sun Devils, got invites to the NFL Combine, and they're all representing different schools. Like this is this is product of Senor Herm Edwards himself. This is why you are currently set up in the position that you are. Arizona State could have had could have had five players to the NFL Combine, but instead, because of the shit show. That was left by Herm Edwards and Ray Anderson. Arizona State is left with just one Roe Torrance to the NFL Combine. However, I do anticipate moving forward, class of 2025, class of 2026, you will see far more Sun Devils invited to the NFL Combine, participating in the Senior Bowl. It will suck next year, though, when you've got guys like Jalen Conyers and Jordan Clark getting invited to the NFL Combine. Um, And they're not sporting maroon and gold, man. They're not being Arizona State Sun Devils, obviously going to represent Texas Tech and Notre Dame. It really is a difficult situation. Same thing with B.J. Green, right? B.J. Green leaving Arizona State uh, for Washington and then Colorado. He will be another player likely drafted in the NFL draft. Day three, probably in next year's draft. Uh, but again, it, it is it just sucks. It sucks when your football program is at this point in the offseason where it is Everybody talking about the NFL, right? NFL Combine, the bowl games, um, and the NFL Draft. And when we have this conversation about Arizona State, you're not talking about a first-round pick. You're not talking about a third-round pick. You're not talking about a fifth-round pick. You're talking about a guy that potentially could get drafted in round six and round seven, but more than likely is going to be an undrafted free agent. 
And that just sucks. Like you want your program to be churning out NFL style players year in and year out. And what did Herm Edwards sell? What did he sell? Right? The NFL vision. We're going to be cranking out NFL players year over year. Well, where the fuck are they, Herm? A couple of them played in the Super Bowl. You're right. You're right. A couple played in the Super Bowl. And the the majority of them are playing for other schools. (laughs) Yeah. But like, so just an aside, you mentioned Johnny Wilson. Would you have ever guessed that he would have been that good after watching him his freshman year here? I mean, the dude dropped like 14 passes in five games. No, but he's got the intangibles, right? You, you can't teach size. So, yeah, he's got the size and the athleticism for sure. You never could doubt that. But yeah. he dropped about 14 balls in like the first five games. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it's not great, man. It's not great by any means, but it's... You knew what Ricky Pearsall was. You knew what LD was. You knew what Jaden was. Like, I would have just... It sucks, man. It sucks. It sucks that there was an Arizona State team out there in an alternate reality. The offense is all NFL players. Yeah. Yeah. In an alternate reality, LSU's quarterback, Jaden Daniels, is an Arizona State quarterback. Uh, Ladarius Henderson, the starting left tackle for the Michigan Wolverines, national champions, is the starting left tackle for Arizona State. Ricky Pearsall, number one wide receiver for Florida, is a wide receiver at Arizona State. Johnny Wilson Jr., a number two wide receiver for Florida State, uh, an undefeated conference champion is wide receiver two at Arizona State with Ricky Pearsall. Also, Texas Tech tight end Jalen Conyers at Arizona State. Elijah Badger, who is an Arizona State Sun Devil, at Arizona State. Like, that offense would be stupid, dude. Chip Trainum, like, at Ohio State, would be a running back at Arizona State. Like, they had, they, they, they really had Rashad White and Jaden Daniels and, and didn't win more than eight games. Herm Edwards, man. Herm Edwards was a bad football coach. Like, a really bad football coach. It was it was difficult. David in the chat. I love David, man. I, lo- I love David. Talking about LV Buckley Shelton. Uh, it, it really is crazy. Donald saying LV fell off the map. Yeah, LV kind of went, went all over the place, man. But it definitely sucks that, you know, again, at this point in the season, as somebody who loves talking about the NFL and seeing some of these college kids really advance their career and having conversations with them, that you you can't talk more about Sun Devils being in the league. You can't talk more about Sun Devils participating in the NFL Combine, right? Like, that that really does suck. And I think Kenny Dillingham, when we're getting back to the whole conversation uh, about, like, elevating the program and long-term success, I think that's what you look to, right? How do you know your team was good in college football? Well, you got guys to the league. That's how you know you got a good team, a good program. Arizona State, to have one in the combine, not good, man. To have zero in the senior bowl, not good, man. Like, that's another product that you need to start seeing year over year for Kenny Dillingham. It's not going to just be, okay, we had three wins now, then five wins, and then seven wins, and then boom, we're a 10-win team. It doesn't work like that. You got to go from three wins in one combine invite to, okay, let's get to five wins and four combine invites, okay? And then move to your seven wins and six combine invites, right? Constantly having players to the league. That's what good programs do. That's what great programs do. And Arizona State hasn't been a great football program for some time now. And I think Kenny Dillingham is going to get it to that point. Matthew in the chat, I'm a DNVR Buffs listener. I'm a pre-prime fan. Jake and RK, especially RK, are delusional. Uh, They don't keep things real. Thus the reason RK is calling his listeners uh, who question anything. Look, I I think when it comes to 
Dion and Coach Prime and all that stuff, I, I just don't see it. I don't see the vision. I see the numbers, right? And Jake Jacob can, can attest to this, right? Like, you see the hype around Colorado on a national perspective, right? And you see it in ticket sales. You see it in money. But the wins aren't there. The recruiting isn't there in my mind. Um, you still operated a deficit. Yeah. Which, again, I saw that. That blew my mind, too. For, for a program that was consistently, like, in everybody's ears in this past college football season to still be operating at a deficit, to be the worst team in the Pac-12, or, yeah, to be the worst team in the Pac-12 last year, like, it blows my mind. It, it does, and it, I think, always will. We try and keep it as real as we possibly can on the PHNX Sun Devil Show. I know Clint, Donald, uh, Sharon, everybody in the chat, like, if you're new here, ask some of those folks. I try and keep it as real as possible. I feel like I keep it pretty real when it comes to Arizona State. Don't you, you've looked at me and you've said, ASU basketball sucks. So, yeah, we'll say that. Yeah. Well, you want to start talking about ASU basketball because they got a game no. tonight? No, I know. But we will. We'll talk ASU basketball, ASU hoops here in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe I've solved the – it's not a problem, but maybe I've solved the reason why, the mystery behind why Jake and RK – really really are in the weeds about Dion, and i think it has to do with ogs i think you take one too many ogs and you start thinking that your football program is going to be contending in the conference championship game when that's not necessarily the case but i'll tell you what ogs man they get the job done not just for me but for everybody here at all city and they've launched two new products made with live rosin we're talking about the ogs naturals and the big OGs. The OGs Naturals are vegan gummies made with live rosin, available in a sweet clementine flavor. Uh, and if you're not giant into the sweet clementine flavor, that's totally fine. Everybody's taste buds are different. OGs, they got something for everybody. They do have a ton of flavors. I'm still on the Happy Balance ones. Got two packs that I picked up just the other day. Going to be taking those to Vegas. Uh, the, the OGs, man, they are absolutely unbelievable. To learn more about OGs gummies and where you can find them, head on over to ogsbrands.com. And I don't know about everybody at home, but when I'm taking my OGs, there's this lovely little thing that I like to do called the floor lay, right? Got this nice little carpet in the living room. We got a dog now in the apartment. So I'll be laying on my back after an OGs just playing with this dog. But sometimes the flooring in your house doesn't support a good floor lay. So who do you call? empire today guys you get shop at home convenience the right product for your needs quick and professional installation not to mention a price match guarantee empire today the best place to get new flooring and look they're keeping shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection their philosophy is to help you find what you need not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes check it out schedule a free in-home estimate today all listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use that promo code PHNX. Restrictions do apply. See EmpireToday.com slash PHNX for details. Guys, let's talk ASU hoops here in a second. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button yet again if you haven't already. Eric in the chat. I'm a huge fan of Ricky Pearsall and would love if the Arizona Cardinals would draft him in the fourth and fifth Round. Yeah, I, I I am really interested to see where some of these former Arizona State sign doubles end up. Obviously, Jaden Daniels being discussed as a, a top five pick. I am really, really 
Um, excited to see where he ends up. Ricky Pearsall, Johnny Wilson, fully expect those two to get drafted. And then Ladarius Henderson as well would fully expect him um, to get selected in the NFL draft as well. So it really is interesting to see uh, where some of these guys do end up. Let's see. That boy Mike back at it. CU barely lost majority of their games to ranked teams. They didn't have a good line or D-line. Prime made them believe and they competed. He has them hope. Well, look, you don't you don't get dubs for almost winning. It's just, you don't get points for almost winning. You also games. almost lost to Arizona State. Also almost lost to Arizona State. And I can't get over the Stanford game. I, I can't get over the Stanford game where they were up, what, 35-ish points? I think I you had made a bet on that game. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I and I texted part... you and I was like, oh, brother. Oh, brother, this is a massacre. And yeah, then I Stanford. like looked up and Stanford won. And I was like, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I was cackling. I saw that. I was cackling. It's like, there's no way. There's no way they blew it that much of a lead. Really? That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Sharon in the chat, Brandon Ayuk hinting about going to Vegas. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it. Brandon Ayuk's family, his sister, his brother, putting stuff out on social media um, that makes it sound like former Arizona State sign level Brandon Ayuk doesn't necessarily want to be a part of the San Francisco 49ers organization any longer. I do believe that the Niners do they have the capability of picking up uh, Brandon Ayuk's fifth-year option on his rookie deal. So we'll see. I can't imagine the 49ers and John Lynch want to move on from Brandon Ayuk. Um, I am really, really interested, though, to see kind of what transpires with Ayuk and the 49ers in the offseason. I will say it. I will say it. They don't have the money for it. But Brandon Ayuk, former ASU Sun Devil in a powder blue, powder blue jersey, Catching passes from Jay Herbo, man. That sounds yeah, he nice. Wants to go to Vegas, so too sounds bad for nice. you. Yeah, we could see we could see Brandon Ayuk re, reunite with some ASU folks uh, in Las Vegas, maybe getting coached by Antonio Pierce, who was a coach at Arizona State, and then Jaden Daniels balls thrown to him from Jaden Daniels. Can we Daniels? see Jaden Daniels You're get just drafted get by the Raiders? Reflections of the Oregon game. Oh my goodness! All to still finish last in the still ASU the, West. Still the most electric game I've ever seen live. Oh my. Goodness, man. Oh, my goodness. Donald in the chat. PHNX cards was all over BA movements. Um, Clint chat. I can't get past CU versus Ducks game. Well, yeah, I know Clint's here. ASU obviously taking on Oregon State tonight. JJ in the chat, of course, spotting since we're talking ASU hoops. Before we get into the matchup, let's go ahead take an updated look at the Bobby board. The Sun Devils picking up a dub. Just over the weekend, a nice victory over Utah. But really, other than that, this i mean, this stretch of games has just been absolutely brutal. Uh, they had lost, what, seven of eight games? Like, just an absolutely just abysmal stretch for the Sun Devils. And now you look, I don't know how we're here already, but there is just seven games left in the season, in the regular season. Arizona State has Arizona this weekend. They've got Oregon State tonight. And like I said, Arizona State is a six-and-a-half-point favorite over the Beavers Part of that has to do with the fact that Oregon State, like I said, has yet to win a game on the road this season. But you look back at the last matchup between Arizona State and Oregon State. Arizona State expected to win that game. However, Oregon State came out on top 84-71. to 71. You look at what kind of went wrong for the Sun Devils in that game. You could point to a couple different things. Obviously, Alonzo Gaffney, uh, he had a, just an awful evening. Fouled out, only two points, was 0 of 5 from three-point land. And then Ace Wolf, uh, who is one of the better scorers for Arizona State, only had five points in that game. Didn't hit a shot from the field. All five of his points coming from the charity stripe 
in that one. Uh, Jose Perez did what he occasionally does, 19 points. You had Sean Phillips add 13 off the bench, but really, other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of bench scoring. So, between Gaffney and Ace having a, a really poor game, like I said, combining for 0 of 9 from behind the arc, that team shot just 11%. Arizona State shot 11% from three-point land, the first go-around against Oregon State. You can't have that if you hope to beat any conference opponent. And again, part of what made that game so difficult is a guy by the name of Jordan Pope, uh, a guard for Oregon State. He had a phenomenal game against the Sun Devils, had 19 points, um, and just was was on his shit. He was facilitating. Uh, he was efficient. He did exactly what was asked of him from from an Oregon State perspective. So looking forward and looking into this game, how can Arizona State continue uh, to, to add to what they did against Utah? Well, I think it does start with the core. The core four that we talk about just about every time we talk about ASU hoops, right? Jemiah Neal, Ace Wolf, Jose Perez, and then, of course, Frankie Collins. What do you need to see from all of those guys? Right. Well, I think from Frankie Collins, you want to see truly, truly a night of facilitating. I want Frankie to have 10 assists tonight. You need to get your shooters going. You know, Frankie's not necessarily a shooter. He's a drive guy, right? So your shooters, Jemiah Neal, Ace Wolf on the other side. Those two, they need to get cooking and they need to get cooking quickly if Arizona State is going to have a chance uh, to, to really take down an Oregon State team that is on the downside, Right, Oregon State lost a few games in a row now. Still one of the worst teams in conference play. Like if you're Arizona State and you're trying to get your guys back in it, back in the conversation of, hey, let's go make a run in Pac-12 play in the Pac-12 tournament, it starts right here. You got to take care of business at home against a bad team. You need your boys to show up, right? So Frankie Collins, you're the facilitator this evening. Jemiah Neal, Ace Wolf, you're shooting lights out. And then you got your boy Jose Perez playing one-on-one basketball, um, which I'm totally cool with. Like I said, early on in the season, it wasn't pretty. But Overall, Jose Perez, when it comes to one-on-one basketball, I take him over a lot of players in the Pac-12. You need to see him score, um, not only tonight, but you need to see him score against Arizona. And that's really, really what I want to focus on. If you're Arizona State and you're Bobby Hurley, I'm sitting down with these guys and I'm making sure that they're not looking past this Oregon State team. Do not look past the game that you have now for the game that you have later. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself getting swept by the Oregon State Beavers in the final season of the Pac-12, and that would be absolutely embarrassing. That would be embarrassing. No offense, Beavs. Okay, no, no, no offense, Clint. I, I know you're in the chat, and I'm, I'm talking mess about the Beavs, but it, it really is, if you're Arizona State, a time to 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 put it all out there, and you need to take care of business. At home, there's still tickets that you guys can get. We talk about game time every day. Go get your tickets on game time. Check them out. Be there. Support the team. JJ bringing up Frankie Collins just being a few steals away from tying ASU single season mark. Yeah. Frankie Collins could break a record. Frankie Collins could absolutely break a record. Um, And and I think that is enough reason to be at DFA um, from now to, to really the end of the season until Frankie breaks that record. Um, it would be really, really cool to see Frankie Collins break that single season um, steal record and then obviously potentially tying it um, tonight or against Arizona. Sharon in the chat, Toshi, did you see the Suns are getting a G League team? Uh, did you suggest your Gila Monsters mascot idea to Gerald? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. The Gila Monsters, the G League affiliate of the Phoenix Suns. Okay. 
That works. That works for me. I know Donald hates... Donald was on the Die Hard Discord talking about how much he hates it. It's okay. It's okay, guys. I bring up the Die Hard Discord because we have a lot of PHNX diehards in the chat today. Donald, Sharon, I know Chris was in here earlier. If you're already not a PHNX diehard, check it out. Head over to gophnx.com today. Whether you are a CU uh, supporter, we talk a lot of college athletics on this podcast so there's definitely something for everybody and if you're an arizona sports fan and you're not a phnx diehard yet it's okay look like i said head over to gophnx.com today click that diehard tab and it's going to tell you everything that you're unlocking when you become a phnx diehard all for one yearly price uh guys it really is the best place to be if you're an arizona sports fan you're going to get discounted merch you are going to get all of the fun things yeah, yeah, that is that. That is that. That is going to do it for today's edition of the PHNX Sun Devils show. Do us a solid. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review. Let us know what you like about the podcast. One other thing. If you enjoyed the content, give us a follow at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. You can follow me at Anthony underscore Toach. You can follow DJ Jacob Franklin at Jacob underscore Franklin Floor. And guys, go Devils. And peace. Peace. <laughs> Silly like the mayor.